0: So, you know, Steve, lately I've been thinking about maybe some fashion accessories and stuff like that that we could adopt that would aid us in the practice of social distancing because I'm always walking down the sidewalk. People are crowding me. They're not really giving me enough space. Yeah. Maybe they're, they're talking loudly or they're coughing or sneezing. It's just disgusting. I really want something that will give me some space on the sidewalk and give people the message, hey, give me some room here. I don't want to catch your bugs. So I came right. up with something that I think is going to become the next definitive social distancing fashion trend of 2020. Trademark Dead and Lovely. I'm just saying this in advance. Trademark Dead and Lovely because I know everybody's going to be rushing out, <laughs> getting these things, <laughs> making them on their own. But you yeah. heard about it here first. I'm here to tell you about the backpack goose. Okay. What it is is it's a backpack that wear right. wearing your back. And you have a goose sticking out
1: of it. Yes, I gathered that. Now... A live, very irritated goose. Obviously, it doesn't want to be in a
0: backpack. Oh, absolutely not. It doesn't like where you're going with it, neither. And it certainly doesn't like people crowding its space. That's for fucking sure.
1: So, when it's not keeping people at bay though it's probably gonna be like pecking at the back of your head and your ears and stuff right so like you'd have to build some sort of like guard bit to keep yourself safe Well, okay, so
0: this is where this comes in and why this is such a perfect fashion trend for 2020, because as we know, the one way to pacify a goose is also the thing that everybody has been doing already during quarantine, baking bread, all you do is use some of that quarantine bread you've been making, and you (laughs) pacify that goose, (laughs) while it's not keeping your enemies at bay. (laughs) It's perfect, it's synergy. Yes.
1: Yes, I want to invest. (laughs)
0: trademark dead and (laughs) lovely (laughs) welcome horror movie fans to the newest installment of the greatest horror movie podcast in this multiverse and the next why it's dead (gasps) and lovely here with the host of the most it's me your good buddy uncle ben and me hollywood steve and we're here to talk to you guys today about scream part two electric boogaloo more screamier scream i hear them coming <laughs> <laughs> as well as just shoot the shit have a good time and reminisce about how stupid the 90s were
1: <laughs> it's gonna be a
0: fun one i think it's
1: gonna be a barn burner isn't it steve yeah dude i watched so many 90s uh 1997 music videos to prepare for this i'll tell you
0: what that's gonna come in handy later on in the episode i tell you yeah. what awesome How you been doing this week man <laughs>
1: Uh, great. Yeah, just uh, getting it done, man. My my podcast finally came out. What podcast? A legacy of brutality. Da, oh da, da. my god! If that it's was a you? history of horror cinema podcast. Go check out the first episode.
0: I listened to that earlier, and I was like, Yeah, why are my pants getting tighter all of a sudden? What's going on here? Oh uh,
1: well, it's all the sexy in there. Oh my uh, god! You know how sexy it gets when you start talking about. Thomas Alva ooh, Edison, ooh. the wizard of Menlo Park.
2: Muy caliente. Ooh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was. So uh, uh, an early draft of my first episode involved a uh, conversation between me and Thomas Edison. And I gave Thomas <laughs> Edison a Jersey accent. Because oh, okay. Yeah. I never thought about it, but he's from New Jersey. I mean, old Jersey Edison. Yeah, yeah, I made a light bulb. What you gonna do about it? Bada bing, bada boom. Oh, oh, that's a nice invention you got there. Be a shame if my name got slapped on it. Unbelievable. So he was Andrew Dice Clay, is what you're saying? Basically, yeah. <laughs>
0: What a world. I'd like to visit that universe right there. Yeah, that's a whole different podcast, I guess. (laughs) Have you had a good reception for the legacy of Brutality?
1: Yeah, yeah. I got a lot of great um, feedback from some of our our listeners. Mm -hmm. And yeah, people people tend to enjoy it and also had some some good uh, uh feedback that'll help for the future episodes so nice thanks a lot for all of you that listened and uh, thanks specifically to the people who gave me some uh really great feedback so th- thanks to you guys for for listening and and thinking about the podcast like what what it could do to improve Yeah.
0: Right on, man. Well, and this seems like a perfect time to for me to announce that I'm also starting my own side podcast. Oh yeah? Yeah, it's going to be about the history of Judaism. It's called Legacy of Judaism. <laughs> 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 now,
1: I mean, I'm just I'm, I'm going to spitball here, but Okay. The the album art could probably be like a creature from the Black Lagoon lagoons spewing out like pink stuff or something right
0: yeah i think that sounds about right yeah uh, all right maybe some little like uh little star of davis in the background and stuff
1: get never Tresbit on it <laughs> Ooh, that's good
0: <laughs> i like that very much man you know i listened to your show there the other day whenever yeah. it came out and i waited to tell you about it just because i wanted to, to give you my oh, cool. honest impressions right here on oh, the yeah, show all right. yeah uh, i listened to it the day that it came out Dude, I thought it was really good. Like, really, nice, really. Man. Like, I'm not just fluffing you up or anything. Yeah. Although, wouldn't it have been awesome if I would have you waited th- all that time and I was just <laughs> like, yeah, I want to put a- you on blast dude, right here. Dude, why do you
1: fucking suck at shit?
0: <laughs> <laughs> i do a show with you and I thought you were good at this. What the fuck
1: Turns happened, Turns out you dude? don't know how to do this. <laughs> you don't uh, know jack squat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think there were some things that probably uh, I would improve that, that I actually... Uh, were problems, but be- that were created by me just having the file too long. Like mm. I, because the show didn't go up when it was supposed to, I was editing and like micro editing and just oh yeah, I do the going same over shit, it too man. much and yeah, I think I think uh, is a little overproduced maybe, but um, that's okay because uh, it it really does require a whole lot of. Of research, and uh, it requires writing basically a 15 to 20 page paper. Um, so, have like, mercy. Yeah, that um, doing it is like super difficult. And you know, the thing is, when you have this, like, you have a good idea and you want to do it, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do that, uh, sounds great. And then, like, you know, if you're a perfectionist, you uh, then come up with every way to uh, make it more difficult for yourself <laughs> oh absolutely so yeah i
0: mean seriously like you're you're telling me my life story of like every recording project i
1: ever yep. do i recorded that episode three times um and oh, just ended up using my third one in which i grabbed the microphone and just started talking
0: yeah yeah well, uh, and the thing yeah. is though is that it sounds really nicely conversational like yeah, i know whenever you were kind of working going on for, it yeah You're kind of telling me you were worried that it was going to be like, oh, it's just going to sound like I'm giving like a college lecture or like reading a paper I wrote or whatever. And uh, I listened to it and I was like, it's actually very conversational. Like it kind of reminds me of whenever Uh, Kevin Smith does podcasts where it's just him. Yeah. He's so good at just talking and making it feel like you're just, you know, in the audience, just listening to him off the cuff speak.
1: I listen to a few people who do the podcasts like by themselves and just try to. Get some pointers yeah. of how to do it because you really do just have to as- assume you're talking to someone like, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a big jump in because uh, like I am talking to you. It's easy to podcast when you actually are talking to someone, but then when you're actually assuming your audience, uh, it, it takes a bit. But yeah, just oh, actually yeah. like finally that la- that last recording of just grabbing the mic and just talking into it is is when it all worked out. So that that did make it. That makes it easier for the future to just be like, Oh, that's what I have to do.
0: Like Did you try doing a few passes of it where you recorded it without talking into a mic
1: at all? And you were like, Why is it so well, yeah, quiet? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was like <laughs> when I listened back, I was like, This is weird. This is boring. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was talking in a different room. Uh, I don't know if anyone's gonna be interested in this. <laughs> but yeah, so uh thank thanks, man. That's awesome. I'm I'm glad people liked it and i'm excited to get further into it because man uh those early horror films that some of them i had seen uh and and some i just got my first real experience with yeah but once it it it, they had the turn there in the 1920s where it really started to look like films those were so well like done they were very Mm -hmm. artistic and like build tension really well i i enjoyed watching those so i'm excited to get more into it i'll definitely look forward to hearing more about those
0: that are kind of getting into that early age of like you said just film and stuff like that because it's like it's just like everything else whenever there's like a new art form that springs forth it's like there's somehow immediately people that are like figuring out how to mega exploit it and take the most advantage of it and just do stuff that people wouldn't even dream of for another yeah. 30 or 40 years you know it's like there's always yeah. those ancient aliens that just figure it out <laughs> yeah
1: exactly it's crazy yeah it, it's crazy how like uh things that never existed how like you'll have a prodigy of it mm-hmm. like yeah just <laughs> some, out of nowhere yeah someone will make something exist and then someone like somehow is good at it mm-hmm. it's crazy yeah I, I i do love to see that sort of development in film it's great. No doubt, man. Yeah, really enjoyable and I think the like the half hour or so yeah, kind of time you put on it. I think
0: that's yeah. very that's very good cuz it's like yeah. you can hold your attention very mm-hmm. closely, you know, for for that long of a time period while yeah, you're just listening I, to kind of a, a history
1: I at first I was like thinking an hour and then I was like man it's like actually going to a class right <laughs> Like that, that really would be like and like that that is a problem with classes is once you get past a certain point you don't have anybody's attention so yeah 30 minutes I thought yeah it was it was a good bar it might go a little bit over or a little bit under from time to time but it'll be around there every time right on man well I look forward to checking yeah, it man. out
0: and I hope that you listeners do as well hell yeah yeah man dude have you been watching anything cool this week
1: yeah uh the community cast got together and did a table read uh-uh. or uh yeah they did um the episode where they have pierce's funeral and they like read the will at the table and they have to do like the lie detector test uh because they say that there was some foul play uh-huh. with, with pierce's murder anyway our death uh anyway donald glover came back everybody was back for it except for walton goggins who couldn't do it but was replaced by pedro pascal now, now who is who's goggins which one is that walton goggins uh played just the guy who uh did the uh lie detector test in the episode he, he just a one-off character he was a lawyer okay or something. but he was replaced with yeah. the fucking mandalorian yeah the mandalorian what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who who didn't know the episode so like uh if you don't know the episode this is not a spoiler i you can't really spoil a sitcom uh he he gifts everyone a cylinder of his sperm (laughs) and so when pedro pascal got to the part where he was reading that he just he like could not get through it without laughing so he had never even like read
0: the script leading up to this or anything yeah that's awesome
1: so it's really funny. Yeah, it was really fun. And then they did a Q and A after for like forty five minutes. Damn. It was a really fun like thing. It was good to see them, and they they do seem to be uh, likely to do a movie. So six seasons. Holy and a movie. shit, dude! That'd be fantastic. It's yeah. it's
0: always the right time to watch community. It's been way too long since I sat down really and watched is. that. But we all need like yeah. a funny half-hour show that we can yep. watch just whenever. It's like, I don't have time to watch a movie. Maybe we're eating lunch or something like that. It's like, let's put something something funny and nonsensical on. That's that's why we've uh-huh. been going through Shits Creek. We've still been watching through
1: that and it's oh, yeah. definitely growing on me. It's really funny. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I I really I really got to get into that. Emily and I have been uh, watching What We Do in the Shadows. Uh-huh. Which, gosh, it's it's probably one of the funniest shows on television right now. I've
0: heard nothing but good about it. I've literally not heard anybody yeah. that likes the movie be like, "Yeah, the show blew it" or anything. So I've got no right, excuse. Yeah. I got to watch that one too, man. Our uh, yeah, our check it out. our late night go to, you know, like we've already watched a movie. We got just a little while before we're gonna go to bed. Uh, We're maybe, you know, halfway under the table or something like that watch. Uh We've been going through, and I mentioned this on the show like probably two or three years ago. I can't remember if you watched it or not, but over on the Cut YouTube channel, they did a series called Would You Rather with Dan and Diedrich. Uh -uh. Dude, holy shit. I'll post them on the Facebook group. Okay. uh, Because they are absolutely some of the funniest things the internet has ever produced. I swear to God. They are so (laughs) fucking funny and just... Disgusting! They're so gross uh, and absolutely fantastic. But it's just, yeah, they got these two guys that never knew each other before this that couldn't be more opposite, you know? And they had them play yep. a game of Would You Rather, and it's like insane shit. Like one of the episodes is Would You Rather shave all the hair off of your body, like including your eyebrows and stuff, or get freckles tattooed onto your face? Ooh. It's nuts. And it's so fucking hilarious. Everything about it just seems to be designed to annoy the two guys, Dan and Diedrich. Like, everything about (laughs) it is stupid. Anytime that they, like, play the game and there's kind of a win-lose scenario with it. But if they, like, win, it's like, oh, you guys get a prize. You guys get a limousine ride. And it's like a fucking one-minute ride around the block because that's all they could afford. It's just all bullshit. (laughs) It's so <laughs> funny, man. I, like, we've watched them before, but they're just as funny watching them again years later. So I'll be sure to post those on the Facebook group. And, okay. And everybody listening, be sure to join up on the Facebook group and hang out with us. We've had a lot of great stuff people have been uh, putting up lately that gets me tickled, I think, about every day.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Facebook group is is a source of amusement every single day, for sure. Yeah,
0: definitely, man. We watched ourselves a Gretel and Hansel the other night
1: yeah man i really wanted to see this movie yeah and i'm, I'm gonna watch it because uh, i i love that oz perkins would you th- i mean i guess shouldn't talk too much about it because we'll we might are be gonna talking do about
0: it. it soon huh yeah <laughs>
1: i'll tell you
0: it's a crazy watch i'll just go ahead and give awesome. the, the listeners a heads up that's what we're going to do on the show next week so go ahead and watch it that way you'll know what we're talking about it is a yeah it is a strange flick. The reviews are very love it and leave it. It seems like a lot of people don't really get into it
1: whatsoever okay.
0: and just think it's a bunch of pretentious fluff. But, yeah, it's by Osgood Perkins.
1: Well, I, I, I was excited about it. So, I yeah, I, I, I imagine I'm going to be a love it. But we'll see. I think that you'll like it a lot for sure, man. Like It feels to me
0: like Osgood Perkins, who's the director of one of our favorites, The Black Coat's Daughter. It feels like him channeling Tarzan Singh. Uh, oh Tarsum. he the guy that did like okay. uh, the cell Sink, and yeah. all those uh-huh. crazy, right. visually stunning movies. It's got some incredible visuals through the whole movie. So even if you don't like it, you can put it on and be like,
1: "Yeah, but goddamn,
0: that is gorgeous," you know? <laughs>
1: okay, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm glad that uh, you guys watched it because it reminded me I I need to watch it the the interest for me was uh in the myth itself or not the myth the fable the story itself Uh like there's just so much interest for me in hansel and gretel because of like the the real world idea of it like it was a time where uh you did kind of have to be told don't eat your kids because (laughs) reminder yeah we're all starving yeah (laughs) it's um It's just a real dark, dark story. Yeah, and the movie is
0: really fucking dark.
1: Yeah. I also loved Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Oh, dude, that is is just a cuckoo bananas movie, dude.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's a really fun one. It's pretty nuts. But yeah, I I definitely enjoyed it. Kate loved it. She was all about that thing. So I'm looking forward to watching it again. I mean, I just saw it You know, like... Four or five nights ago, and we're going to watch it again mm-hmm. for the show next week. And I'm already like yeah. looking forward to seeing it again with uh, Sweet. a little bit more analytical eye. Awesome, man. Did you guys stream uh, yeah, it up too. last Friday?
1: Yeah, we did. Yeah, we watched uh, the Last Drive In, and they, uh, <laughs> man, The Exorcist 3 was playing, and this is sort of a cult horror movie but yeah, i've never seen I, I it but i
0: know tons of people fucking love it and yeah. i've seen
1: a lot of people be like it's
0: one of the best psychological thrillers of all time but i've never seen it had you seen it before
1: i had not um i thought i had but i had i had seen part two uh so it's I don't think it works in the context of The Last Drive-In. Okay. How come? Uh, I'm just, like, too serious I I, or what? Yeah, I think I might have enjoyed it more if I was just like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie and really, like, gotten into it. Yeah. Uh, and, but it, it's real slow. Like, Brad Dwarf's awesome, in it? Ooh. That, yeah, like, you got that going for it, for sure. But, it, yeah, it, it was pretty slow, and the exorcism seems tacked on and unrelated entirely to the plot of the movie hmm. it's I, I don't know okay but i would have to i'd have to give it a shot by itself i just don't think it fit into the context of the last drive in which is kind of you know we're getting joe bob uh, telling us fun interesting stuff but he's also a, a goofy dude yeah
0: i was gonna say i mean honestly like w- with that sort of format where you're watching the movie for a while and then you pause yeah. for like story time with joe bob and stuff yeah that's awesome for like really fun stupid movies that you can kind of drop in and out of but i think even if i was like watching something as amazing as like hereditary and it's like every yeah. 20 minutes time with joe bob i might be like man this feels really long because I think, especially with like dark, serious movies like that, if you're constantly going in and out of that sort of sense of foreboding and tension and stuff like that, yeah, then whenever it drops you back in, it kind of has to like work the mood back up again. You know what I right. mean? Right.
1: Yeah. So I think maybe that is, uh, colored my perspective. Could be. It does have uh, the best, longest setup for a jump scare. That you could not possibly predict how the scare is going to go. Oh, ever. Okay. It, you can just look it up on YouTube. Just uh, put "Exorcist Three Jump Scare." Uh, it is intense. Damn. Yeah, I, I really. It, it has. It even has a fake jump scare in the setup to the jump scare <laughs> to throw <laughs> it, you off so your crazy. off your guard even more. Yes yeah and then the scare like the second it happens you're like what the fuck is going on and then it's just done it's like what 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 was that (laughs) like your (laughs) your brain is just like it's like whiplash yeah
0: yeah it's crazy damn dude okay was there a second movie that they did or just that one
1: uh there was but i I didn't stick around i I watched scream (laughs) 2 right (laughs) on right on man and what a movie it was yeah. What
0: a very <laughs> 90s movie it was.
1: It's super 90s. Yeah. So 90s.
0: And I'll tell you what, man, like as we were kind of getting ready for this episode, I started kind of going through a list of stuff that happened in 1997, the year that this movie came out. And I have come to the conclusion that 1997 was the most 90s year of the 90s. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, peak 90s yeah. was 1997. Yep. It's absolutely
0: ridiculous. Like, anytime you think of basically any trend or song or movie <laughs> or like event that you think of when you're thinking about the 90s, it happened in it 1997. <laughs> yep. Yeah, always bet on 97. When somebody's like, hey, when did that Spice Girls video come out? 97. 97. Hey, what about yep. Tamagotchi's? You remember that? Yeah, back from 1997. <laughs> Everything <laughs> happened in nineteen ninety seven dude, so it got me thinking, Steve, before we get on yeah. into the movie review portion of the show right here, I'd like to just take a little pit stop here into the preview palace uh, to the preview palace <laughs> a little drive by there, huh? yeah, it's pretty cool, yeah, it got me thinking about nineteen ninety seven and how that would be several years before you and i crossed paths because of course we met in college in our Uh, early 20s or so
1: yeah we were probably looking awesome oh dude i think i was
0: probably bowl cutting pretty good back then maybe or (laughs) i might have been starting to grow my hair out at that point yeah uh but you know at this point we're both in our you know mid pushing 40 uh mid late 30s getting there we've known each other almost half our lives which is pretty crazy that's true yes it is but thinking about 1997 it really got me thinking to myself you know there's a whole nother side of your life that's just like it's the dark ages to me steve the times before Uh we knew each other that's true yeah i I didn't know what you were doing in 1997 when all this awesome shit was happening
1: you do i did know yeah i was there oh man well i definitely I remember a lot of it
0: i definitely want to hear about it and steve what i decided to do here for the preview palace i'm just gonna spring this on you okay i want to get your impressions and your recollections about a handful of significant events that occurred in 1997 i want to know what you were up to and what your experiences with these things were let's go ahead and kick this off right here with one of the biggest movies of all time that just happened to come out a little flick by a jimmy james cameron jimmy james what was called titanic Uh uh-huh what you know about that and what were you doing dude how old were you i was like 12 slash 13 in 97 Uh you were
1: what 16, 16 14 16. You're not much older than me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I was born in '81. Yep. you're in '81, um, same as older brother, huh? Yep. So, sixteen. That means uh, my my cousin Casey, who was also sixteen, and I, and my cousin Buddy would be going to the to the mall to go to the movies up in Morristown College Square Mall, dude. Yep. And we would be getting stoned like At crazy. That shitty that shitty movie theater that smelled like yeah. earwax all the time. That was the one. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> we would be getting stoned all the time. Uh, yeah. So we, Titanic, we would tell, we did this three times. We told my aunt that we were going to see Titanic because yeah. it was three hours long. Oh, it's going to be your whole night. And the first time, instead of going to see Titanic, we went and saw this movie, Scream 2. Oh, shit. And then used the extra hour to... Uh, uh, go get some beer. We um, <laughs> we went and got my my friend Brian's uncle to go with us to the beer store and buy beer, and then we took him home, and then we took the beer with us home. Um, <laughs> Shout out to
0: Brian's uncle. Shout legend. out to Brian's uncle. I,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm sure he's he's passed by now because he, he was an old man then. R.I.P. Uh, Brian's uncle. See you at the crossroads. <laughs> See you at the crossroads. <laughs> so, um, we did that. Then the next week. We were like, "Yeah, we're gonna go see Titanic again," and
0: and my was like, "Oh,
1: I because like it was like the most popular movie." She was like, "Oh, it must be really good." Uh, so we, this time we did. We love the romance. Yeah, oh well, yeah, absolutely. This time we didn't even go to the movie theater. We just went to uh, Brian's uncle and got the beer and started straight uh, to the source. Yeah, just started drinking. What kind of a uh, beer the, were you
0: drinking in those days, Steve?
1: Oh man, we were drinking Mickey's, my man. <laughs> Hell yeah! Just like our man could, Jerry O'Connell in this movie. <laughs> yes, you could sneak you could sneak Mickey's in your hoodie. Like you, you could fit uh, four Mickey's in the front of a hoodie. They're in those little and, like hand grenade bottles. Yeah, little, chub, little chubbies. Yeah. So you, we'd have like uh, four in the hoodie, and then two in your pockets. You got a whole wow. six pack to drink while you're in the
0: in the movie. <laughs> that's a real pro Jesus. move yeah because you'd yeah. have a hard time doing that with a Budweiser or something
1: absolutely yeah you can't do it yeah so yeah mickey's <laughs> i like watching this movie was such a nostalgia kick for me it was just like what in the fuck like it why what, where were our brains in 1997 that we were like yeah this is how we should look yeah no kidding <laughs> <laughs> and this is the music we should listen to and these oh, are the movies yes. we should watch <laughs>
0: Holy shit, dude. The yeah. the number of movies that came out in 97, P.S., is just utterly insane. Yeah. Okay, so what, what do you got? What do you got? I mean, we're talking about like an anaconda, which we've covered here on oh, the show, yeah, of course.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Alien, uh, was it Resurrection or 3? Resurrection, yeah, yeah. Resurrection? I think
1: 3 was earlier than that,
0: right? I think yeah. that you're right, yeah. Speed 2? Oh, yes, Cruise Control. <laughs> on a boat? <laughs> oh. uh, Tomorrow Never Dies came out that year.
1: Have you seen Speed 2 Cruise Control? No, I have not. Oh, dude, it is insane. It's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I'll tell you what. I
0: did see Titanic in the theater. Did you? I did. Wow. And the thing about it (laughs) is... What was that like? (laughs) Okay, so it was me and my brother and a bunch of my brother's friends that were all like dudes. There was no date oh, night or man. like i'm going with my girlfriend or anything right. like that it was this seriously not just the like crowd
1: for titanic no
0: it was like five <laughs> or six dudes that went and saw this like i had just heard it was a really good movie or whatever so i was like right. whatever I'll, I'll go i think that probably my brother and his friends are like there's boobs in it
1: oh yeah <laughs> that's why that they wanted true. to go yeah i mean good
0: point <laughs> which you gotta think man this is in the age where kids today don't know how how good they have it man Yep. Yeah. I'm talking. Me and my brother's friends went and sat through a three-hour movie to see boobs. To see
1: boobs. Yeah. Yep. Paid money yep. for it. Yeah. I mean, you could you could maybe uh, happen across some porn in the woods. Yep. Some bridge porn. We had bridge porn back in the bridge day. Bridge yep. porn. There you mm-hmm. go. Under yeah. A bridge. Yep. This is back when men had to hide their porn in the woods, <laughs> and it would get stolen <laughs> by children. This is. This sounds like a goddamn fantasy world i'm talking it about it does it's a like modern day Grimms fairy tale <laughs> we would all go out playing in the woods and we all knew we might come across porn you know what, what? this is all kind of like reflects the
0: story of the the sun and the witch that goes out in the woods and finds the temptress is this just right. an allegory about woods porn is that what I the think, witch is about i think it is
1: The witch is actually just about woods porn <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But dude, we, went, we went and yeah. watched
0: this movie, man, and I think that it it goes down in history, I believe, as being my first set of theater boobs. I think this is the first time oh. I'd seen a boob in a theater. Okay. I was very sheltered, man. I was very sheltered.
1: I get that, yeah. Yeah Uh Yeah <laughs> First A magical move.
0: time Yeah and dude like What is lamer than like A whole bunch of teenage boys Sitting in a theater Probably all sporting mad boners Watching <laughs> Titanic Does it get any lamer than that? That's fucking so yeah, lame dude
1: That was something I never understood When I would hear about dudes Watching porn together at a party Ooh, it's I always like, thought that was weird man What for? Why? Like, is, is it fun to just pop boners together? Like <laughs> i mean that's odd to me i mean i get get it if you're like well let's have sex like if that's where it's going then that makes sense yeah but other than that like what's the point why
0: (laughs) yeah a silly time man a silly time indeed watching that thing in the theater with my brother and his friends but of course that was not the only significant Cultural event of 1997, Steve. I got another one I want to ask you about right here. Mm -hmm. In 1997, we were just hitting the 64-bit age of gaming. Oh, yeah. And there was a game that was unleashed upon the world
1: that Mm -hmm. would pit
0: four friends head-to-head in a match to the death. Are you kidding me? I'm not joking, and it was all made up of characters from the popular james bond franchise i'm talking about goldeneye 007 for the nintendo 64 that's a big one i didn't
1: realize that came out in 97 dude
0: could you go anywhere and not end up playing that game because i couldn't no yeah
1: that's just yeah that's what everybody was doing it's just a given you want to
0: come over and play goldeneye yeah come over we're going to be playing goldeneye okay always yeah. and some asshole would always play odd job and just piss everybody off <laughs> Yep. Somebody, <laughs>
1: somebody would always be the
0: asshole yep and somebody would always camp out in the stacks with a rocket launcher or something and just piss <laughs> everybody off how like was that a big like thing for you during that time period did you wear the shit out of that game
1: um when yes when i would be over uh hanging out with my cousins yeah we would play it a whole lot mm-hmm. yep yeah, nope. mine was always at somebody else's house because I never owned an N64. Yeah, I, did. I, I had a Nintendo 64, but I didn't have that game. It was one of those things where it was like, you get this game and I'll get this game. Like, mm. that, you know, that way you get to play more games. Yep, exactly.
0: Yeah, because yeah, it'd, be, it'd be stupid and overlapping if you both bought the same game. Yeah, why
1: would we both have Goldeneye? <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, dude, the days of like strategizing who's going to buy what with right. your friends. Holy <laughs> shit, man. That's so <laughs> funny. This is just the nostalgia episode. It is. And that's fine (laughs) by me, man. I'm cool with (laughs) it. So I did play it a lot at other people's houses. I was way too far deep into the PlayStation rabbit hole because in 1997, I didn't realize that all this shit came out in 97. Uh, Very seriously, probably my two favorite games ever released were released in the same year. I'm talking about Final Fantasy VII and Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, yeah. Both in the same year. So I was all up those busy. games' asses. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't have that, but I did play a whole shit ton of Goldeneye. Steve, there was a thing that happened. I don't know if you remember about this in 1997. Okay. Let me just see if I can jog your memory, okay? Uh-huh. Tell me the first thing that comes to mind when you think about folded purple triangular cowls, Nike shoes, a self-neutered cult <laughs> leader. Oh, my God. Seriously? <laughs> Oh no, Doe, and a he massive ritual suicide. Dick. He did. Wow. What's that make you man. think about,
1: Steve? Yeah, the what, what were they? What were they the called? The Old Heaven's Gate cult. Heaven's Gate. That's right. They were gonna uh, catch that star. Uh huh. Catch a ride on, on the Hale-Bopp comet.
0: That's Hell right. yeah. Uh huh. Do you remember like what it was like whenever they started rolling that shit on the news? They showed like the interior yeah, of the house. Disturbing. and it was just... It, Nike shoes poking out from these purple cowls. Do you remember in the
1: 90s all the disturbing shit we watched on the news all the Holy time? Holy moly dude. Absolutely. Wow. So, it yeah, was definitely that was the video crazy. games that caused the violence though for sure. Do you remember the SNL skit where they they showed oh, shit.
0: the... shit. Yeah wait.
1: I can't remember it though. What happens in it? They were showing the, the footage of all the dead cultists and then it was a Nike commercial. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They got in some hot water for that. I remember a lot of people being like,
1: that's really insensitive. (laughs) It it is in poor taste, but it's really funny.
0: I remember whenever they (laughs) they rolled that stuff on the news. And, and, you know, again, I grew up very conservative and stuff. And so, you know, my my mom, my family and stuff were just like, these poor people needed Jesus. (laughs) Like, that was just kind of the the reaction. But Mm, it was also, too, like, you know, they had the explanation of, yeah, they were going to catch a ride on the Hale-Bopp comet, blah, blah, blah. This earth was... Uh, scheduled for recycling, is the way that uh, uh-huh. Marshall Applewhite put it. And they believed that they were escaping off of this earth. And I just remember thinking, that is some wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. Weird, wild stuff. I mean, dude, it's it's insane. Seriously, the it amount of stuff that happened in 97. It is. Now, let me ask you, Steve. During this time period, in between checking on your Tamagotchi, uh uh-huh. And going to see Speed 2 again and all that stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Did you happen to watch any music videos? Because there was a lot of
1: shit that came out that year. Yes. Yes, I did watch (laughs) a ton of music videos back then. And that, man, just going through and and rewatching them, they are so 90s. It's insane. Like, real dark lipstick had a period there and i'm not i'm not not against it uh i'm just saying it had a period in 1997 and you see it in this movie you see it in the videos and stuff i i uh fuck there's one that i want damn it ah why can't i remember oh fuck (laughs) jesus
0: was it maybe a a spice girl video they had a little spice i did watch some spice girls
1: no, uh-huh. it was
0: In Vogue. In Vogue. Holy yes. shit.
1: The Don't Let Go video. Oh, my they were God, dude. Yeah. All, all steamy
0: hottie in there.
1: Hell, yeah. I oh, mean, man, you might also, have also uh, come
0: across an Umbop
1: back then, because that was the year of Mbop. It's crazy to think that Umbop came out in 1997, and so did, what's his name, Keith Sweat's yeah like those two songs shouldn't be uh, twisted. Should not be in the same yeah. universe as Mbop <laughs> or maybe hypnotized by B I G. Hell yeah! Like yeah, ninety seven had some good stuff. I I Especially don't think that's world, reflected yeah. in this movie. No, 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 no. This <laughs> the the soundtrack to this movie
0: is actually whiteness incarnate. It is yeah, the whitest yeah. soundtrack <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Entirely, yeah. Yeah, because you're right, like, all the good stuff in music in this time period was really happening in the rap and hip-hop world, like... Yeah. I mean, you know, there's yeah. there's music that I listen to from this time period that I'm just, like, I like because it's nostalgic, like, Semi-Charmed Life came out this year, you
1: know? Holy shit. Yeah. A baby, baby. Nice <laughs> stuff, yeah. Yeah i'm still happy when i hear that song it they use it a lot if they want to show the 90s yeah if you want something to feel 90s you put that. that is
0: (laughs) also like name a more popular song that involves it has a verse about doing math in it (laughs) that's true (laughs) yeah that's
1: true good point how did wow, that become way to up go. song.
0: Yeah, dude. In addition to all that 1997 goodness, I'll tell you what I was up to during that time period. I was getting introduced to the the wide world of electronic music in oh, that yeah. in that same year because uh-huh. that's the year that "Dig Your Own Hole" by the Chemical Brothers came out. Oh, okay. I remember seeing the music video for "Block Rock and Beats" and just being like, uh-huh. "This is cool as shit."
1: Yes, it was. Yeah, that was that was a big uh, change for me too. The like i think dj shadows uh introducing had been out already for a year maybe uh-huh. but yeah i like uh that chemical brothers God, daft what else? punk around the world came oh, out fuck. that year too remember that the video world. yes when did ramstein's uh do haas come out was that later
0: that might have been later, but certainly yeah. not much later. I don't think it could yeah. have been much more beyond yeah. that.
1: I also remember, this may have been 97, I remember listening to Ministry a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Ministry had been around a long time yeah. by then, man.
0: <laughs> did you ever catch any of the really early Ministry stuff that like, Al Jurgensen did like in the late 80s when he looked like Davy Stranger? Like He looked like no. he was ready to be in the Smiths or something. Oh my God, dude. I'm going to send you a video out. after we're done and you're not going <laughs> to fucking believe it. It's awesome. hysterical. I mean, because when you think of Al Jurgensen, you're like, he looks like he's living in Mad Max
1: yes. right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how he looks, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
0: Dude, back then, I mean, he was like a, just a beautiful 80s goth boy. You won't fucking <laughs> believe it. It's hysterical, man. That's awesome. Yeah, man. But, you know, it's like we had Jameer Kwai. We had all kinds of stuff. Jameer Kwai. <laughs> oh and i think this is also the year that the macarena blew up if i'm not anxiety. mistaken are you kidding me
1: <laughs> yeah seriously dude, like, okay yeah again like you're saying these things and they like don't they they are all of the to me 1997 should not have all of these things no it was the busiest year ever dude everything
0: <laughs> happened like when you think about the 90s you're thinking about 1997 i'm not joking man That's always crazy. bet on 97. <laughs> It's wild, man. It's yeah. wild. Okay. And, and also, too, man, I just want to I wanna touch on something right here because there was a lot of crazy events that we had in the news, of course, in 1997. Uh-huh. Right. It's the year that, well, OJ o- o- got off. <laughs> he did. They let That's him loose. True, They let loose the juice. They let loose the juice. Uh-huh. It's the year that Princess Diana died. Holy fuck. Same year. It's also the same year that Mother Teresa died.
1: Well, take yeah. that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> read about her. If, you, if, you, if that sounded oh, yeah. bad, if read sounded about bad,
1: her. Read about that bitch. Yeah, fuck her.
0: <laughs> Mother <laughs> Teresa, a.k.a. that bitch. That bitch, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we had all kinds of crazy shit going on in the Middle East during this time period. But you know what? The most important and historic news event that I want to ask you about whenever whenever you heard about this, whenever this happened, I want to know what you were doing when you heard about the notorious event that would go on in history to be learned as the montreal screwjob steve where oh, were you shit. <laughs>
1: where was i when the montreal screwjob went down the oh notorious my God. wwf Dude, s- just destroying bret hart's career i'm so glad you brought that up because i forgot <laughs> i just watched the dark side of the ring episode on owen hart which oh uh, no shit everybody should say is uh, Ooh. Uh, rip your heart out but um yeah the montreal screwjob man Boy, that was right when I was getting back into wrestling. Yeah, um, yeah, and it so got I, real. <laughs> it got real. Yeah that that was that was cool though. That was like that was what it needed. It needed uh, it needed to because like we all knew, like yeah, it's uh, programmed, like it's, scripted. Uh, yeah, sort of scripted out. Like I wasn't mad at wrestling because of that. Uh, I wanted wrestling to treat me like I knew that. Yeah. and it started doing it and it was like oh okay wrestling again um yeah. so yeah that i guess it was kind of a huge deal for me now that i think about it because i started watching wrestling again and that became kind of an obsession for a while for anybody that's listening
0: and doesn't know what that is and can't like you know google it oh, cause yeah. they're in their car or something could you give them a quick rundown right. of exactly okay. what happened
1: so as we know uh, uh wrestling is uh, predetermined the matches uh they're not as scripted as you might think, generally. But, but the, the, the ending is determined. Yeah. Yes, uh, unless somebody gets injured or something, it, it's already determined. Um, so in this case, uh, Bret Hart, who was a is a, a Canadian guy, uh, he was a big fan favorite. Everybody loved him. Wrestling uh, sweetheart, they called him. Yeah, everybody loved this guy. <laughs> so awesome. He, he gave he gave his sunglasses to kids. Remember that yep he did that it awesome. be, it'd always be yeah. like a shitty throwaway pair oh yeah still, yeah they he were did like it. The re- Yeah, but he did it yeah <laughs> um so he he was about to leave the wwf at the time um for wcw which was ted turner's promotion down in the mm-hmm. south here yeah um and the his last match was going to be in canada in his hometown so uh he and vince sort of went around Vince wanted him to drop the title to Shawn Michaels and he didn't want to le- lose the title in his hometown he wanted to leave basically and just they had a long going feud him and time. Shawn
0: too big feud yeah.
1: yeah and really what Brett wanted was stupid and like I don't know why he thought that would fly but behind the anyway, scenes,
0: apparently <laughs> Brett was kind of an asshole from what I gather
1: yeah I mean yeah because th- that would have been really bad for the title itself anyway <laughs> don't want to get too far in the weeds uh, anyway, so Brett eventually, uh, Vince told Brett, yeah, okay, we'll let you keep the title and then vacate. Uh, and then, um, during the match, Shawn Michaels put Brett Hart into his signature submission move. And then Vince had them ring the bell and declare Shawn the winner. And then Brett Hart, uh, started cussing out Vince. This was all actually being shown on to be air Martin, yeah. on air he started really cussing out vince and then spit in his face oh yeah and then apparently there was a bat like they they didn't they stopped showing this is how you can know it probably was real they stopped showing this because uh they ended up fighting backstage and then like you can watch there's a a a documentary called wrestling with shadows that very good Very, very good very good documentary that uh goes deep into this and you can see him in the documentary you see a black eye that he got from getting punched by Brad Ooh. Hart. <laughs> yeah Ooh. yeah anyway so uh yeah the Montreal screw job was a big fucking deal because like right before it was only like you know maybe five years before that that wrestling had really been exposed mm-hmm. by John Stossel oh uh yeah yeah you, you didn't oh man you got a really dark side of the story, ring. Yeah. Okay, okay so jo- John Stossel investigated wrestling because you know he said that he was saying that their business was a lie hmm. uh, because they're not sports The because the outcomes are predetermined. It's rigged okay. Yeah and
0: uh, so he also it turns out the Undertaker actually knows spiritual forces behind yeah. him. Totally <laughs> yeah. a joke.
1: Yeah I mean like the it was like everybody kind of knows that john but anyway uh he (laughs) uh apparently vince told uh this wrestler dr d uh who is awesome If, if you watch the dark side of the ring about him like seriously this guy he he is so no bullshit type of guy just this very interesting character anyway uh vince basically told him like hey go out there in character and do an interview with this guy john stossel and john stossel uh said you know i, I think this is fake and dr d uh, said like in his head he was like well if i'm in character dr d would hit this guy so he hit it oh oh shit! <laughs> yeah which you know didn't turn out well for wrestling <laughs> yeah. that's amazing dude yeah Anyway, this turned into a wrestling podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Montreal Screwjob though, it really was one of those things where it's like shit got real for a second there. I mean, yeah. he got hosed in his hometown.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, and and as people like you know, there were there were still a lot of people who assumed wrestling was real around that time. It was I mean, you know, they hadn't really given it up. Like it was when they finally gave up and said, "Yeah, wrestling's not real." These are fucking superheroes fighting each other so let's make it awesome yeah yeah totally man (laughs) what a year dude like can i just can't
0: believe all of this shit happened and we're not even naming off half of the stuff that that went on in the year i mean just google you know 1997 events and look at the list and you will not believe what you're gonna see um My, my wife also wrote down here just a little list of some things just to take you back a little bit oh about man. the Let's financial them. state of things of 1997 oh boy average cost of a new home 124 thousand. jesus that's christ. average so there's there were homes way below that that like it, average in the
1: nation you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah holy shit average rent <laughs> 576 bucks jesus christ <laughs>
0: and that'll gas get was
1: $1.22 a, a gallon. That'll get you a room uh, like Maybe. 20 miles outside of L.A. staying with, like, five other people. <laughs> yeah, totally, bucks. right? Yeah. yeah.
0: If that. Yeah. Yeah, crazy time, man. Uh, I, I just couldn't believe how much stuff and how many, like, pop culture events happened in that year. So if you want to get your mind blown, go down that rabbit hole of 1997. <laughs> I feel like I know... I know you better now, Steve. Come oh, in man. and know me better, man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then. <laughs> and how about this? How about we get to know this little code beer here a little bit better?
1: Hey, Kobeer code beer code. Code beer code. What do we got right here, Steve? It is a bearded iris. It must have imperial stout, my boy. Oh, my goodness me. It's got all sorts in it.
0: It has all kinds of stuff in here. There's tons yeah. of things in
1: this beer, including peanut butter, cacao yeah. nibs, I'm honey, excited. and lactose. I All of that. It sounds amazing.
0: I think that this is a collaboration with the Aslan Beer Company, because it has their little <laughs> logo here on the front, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool can. I like it. Uh, yeah. I, I am just pouring it. It
0: looks great. Man, it's ten percent of alcohol. Ten percent of this beer
1: That's is what it alcohol. Says. That's what it says here. I. It smells delicious.
0: It's about the color of like Dr. Pepper as I pour it into my glass yeah. right here. And I have yeah. a feeling with that many flavors going on, we're probably not going to to taste any of that booze at all. Yeah, I, you I can definitely smell the peanut butter for sure that's the yeah. first thing i get out of it. a little bit of that mm. that chocolate kind of gives it a reese's cup kind of smell too
1: yeah i got to get a drink on this get you a pull of that thing
0: man i had myself just a good old piece of good old wheat bread with with peanut butter Ooh. and honey on it the other day for breakfast so i'm oh, yeah? up to try this out yeah an unsweetened peanut butter regular peanut butter and honey is stupid uh an unsweetened peanut butter
1: okay, okay. I'm, I'm an adult right this tastes like a peanut butter cup ben oh my god i'm excited about it's delicious about this. the honey really yep. works
0: yes it does it tastes like peanut butter and honey yep honestly it tastes like if i took my breakfast i had and put a chocolate chip on it
1: and <laughs> poured alcohol go. on it and then, yeah you can taste the alcohol <laughs> a maybe little that's my bit. breakfast tomorrow bit.
0: I might make myself a piece of <laughs> peanut butter honey toast and then just put some chocolate on it and then dip it in straight Bourbon. grain alcohol. Yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there's zero alcohol flavor to this, though. Like, it doesn't... I mean, no. it's, boozy, it's boozy tasting, but it doesn't have any burn yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, no. You, you can tell that the there is alcohol there, but yeah, there's no burn because it tastes like a delicious peanut butter cup.
0: Oh, my God. I was kind of worried with like all that stuff in there that it would be cloyingly sweet yeah it's not that no not really it, like that remi- that, stat that we had um last week i was like i want uh-huh. a cup of espresso with this this right. is less sweet than that was
1: yeah i i would say these this reminds me of trader joe's dark chocolate peanut oh butter. oh my cup. god dude yeah oh so I good love those. and of course this,
0: this comes courtesy of the notorious rdm our buddy yeah. roger dean miller Thank the you so toys? much for bringing us that co-beer. Oh, my God. And you know what? We've not been able to receive any co-beers from our fans. Oh yeah. we're, we're hugely fond of getting co-beers from across the country from you guys, getting a tastier town. But we've not been able to do that for a while because typically we send – the beers to my uh studio that i was teaching at but i'm not teaching in person during all this uh
1: you know quarantine and stuff like yeah. that
0: so we've not had nowhere to send a co-beer to but that's gonna yep. change right soon
1: it is yep tomorrow i'm going to get a p.o box and i will post our p.o box um all over the place so uh we've i've had a few people email recently asking like hey uh want to send you some beers i know that uh we got some sparkling swan oh my god some
0: lago neat
1: yeah I'm excited! Oh my
0: god, uh, I love it so much! Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So that'll be coming up soon, and I'll tell you what else is going to be coming up real soon, Steve. That's some Patreon exclusive content, just what, 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 what? for our loyal and lovely patrons that follow us yeah. over there at Patreon.com/slash.
1: Uh, uh, uh Patreon.com/forward/slash/Dead and Lovely. That's boom! It. That was a successful
0: yep. tag out right there.
1: <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. At all levels. Uh, one, three, five dollar. We're we're gonna be offering some exclusive Patreon content. Uh, we I mean we don't wanna say too much, but basically we're gonna be watching some episodes of some anthology series. Yeah, yeah. Doing little
0: mini episodes on that stuff, just live yeah. and off the cuff. Yep. Not really going too deep, you know, into yeah. our, our not research gonna be doing to any research
1: that. or anything. Yeah, just just talking about it. So I'm gonna try to pick some of the wildest uh i know i know ben hasn't seen much twilight zone in his life uh Mm, true we're also looking at goosebumps uh are you (laughs) afraid of of the dark yeah yeah stuff like that so if you know of any like really specifically crazy episodes of anthologies uh send them on over i'll start a list and we'll just start watching them and and commenting you know it'd be
0: fun even to do some like kind of deep cut weird internet shit like fucking salad
1: fingers and just like weird oh, creepy youtube videos I love and shit, you know? salad fingers jesus man. christ man it's so funny it's weird as shit but like i i like I don't know. From the moment I first saw it, I got the humor of it. I got like, oh, yeah, yeah. I see what they're going for. (laughs) (laughs) And it's fucking weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you guys be sure to join up over there on the Patreon page. Start reaping the benefits today. All right, Steve. The subject of our show today is none other than Scream two and i'm quite sure
1: this was not the first time that you saw this movie because you told me earlier you done seen it in the theaters i saw it in the theater yeah yeah. this is yeah i mean uh we saw scream in 96 as young 15 year olds who couldn't drive we saw it on on video and we were excited and of course, yeah, we hear Scream 2's coming out. We wanted to go see it. We were out of school at the time. And this was like December 12th, I think this came out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I remember it just like this, this was a, a no brainer to me. Like, and I think that that's kind of exactly how most of America, like everybody who saw Scream 1 basically saw Scream 2. It, it, Scream 2 made like $1 million less wow dude it's like 173 million for scream 1 172 million for scream 2 so it's like you know a few people watched the first one and didn't want to see a sequel (laughs)
0: yeah yeah i imagine pretty much everybody was just like oh yeah i'd watch
1: more of this sure especially
0: considering it came out so soon after the original
1: 51 weeks not even a full year 51 weeks after we get Scream 2 um Whenever, uh, what's his name, Ke- Kevin Williamson, who wrote yeah. uh, Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and created uh, Dawson's Creek and all sorts holy of stuff, holy shit! Yeah, ni- this guy 1990s, the late 90s. You think 1997 uh, created everything? It, it, Kevin Williamson in 1997 may have been when the world actually started. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's <laughs> when the simulation, the simulation started, started. yeah, <laughs> yeah uh anyway so yeah kevin williamson he did everything he he did the faculty as well which is one we have to do on here sometime because I, i love that movie robert rodriguez so good but yeah uh so he already when he wrote the first script he already had two treatments for sequels where he had ideas of what he would do so he already had the idea before the movie came out Mm. so they basically won it it was a hit pretty quickly they they got him on it and he he had like 42 pages of a script almost immediately like real quickly and then yeah after that uh it i i i see some conflicting information out there basically there was an instance where this the script got leaked and the ending was leaked onto the internet. Now, this is 1997. Oh, I don't man, remi- so it was leaked to, like, 15 people. Yeah, I was like, I, I don't remember this happening, but it, it was such a big deal, apparently, to Dimension <laughs> that, like, they took so many precautions to not have the script leaked again, and he had to do, like, extensive rewrites. Now, I saw that information, but then uh, I see that in 2017, Kevin Williamson says that he actually there were three dummy scripts that oh they shit gave really out to people and the one that got leaked was actually just a dummy script and that the changes apparently didn't have anything to do with that what it seems to be is that he was writing the script as they were shooting i mean they they got the movie out in less than a year like damn uh because i mean i did like west craven apparently some of the scenes were just like rough information and west craven just had to write the, the the scene as they were shooting it
0: oh wow so, yeah. so that also shows too that that kevin had a lot of faith in west craven to deliver his
1: his vision oh yeah absolutely actually one of the one of the scenes the scene description is west craven will make this scary <laughs> and oh. that was it like that's okay. all he had to do was like well you, you'll know what to do um and then this happens because like they just were trying to get it out really quick it's crazy to think they were trying to get it out really quick and I would say it's still quality, though there mm. are definitely some issues with this movie.
0: Yeah, 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 I think so. Yeah, I think especially considering, like you said, how quickly the turnaround was yeah. and stuff. I, I I'm going to say that, they did a pretty good job.
1: When, uh, like, the cast, like. Holy shit, look at, it's the 90s. Yeah. This movie is yeah. the 90s. Not, yeah, but when you look at this cast, what they did was they got people that they know could act like they got television people TV people have to turn scenes around quick especially That's a good back point, then yeah. when you were, you were doing 24 episodes a season yeah uh so it 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 was smart like the casting goes along with hmm. what they were doing with the first one but the first one they used uh, uh, some unknowns you know like Matthew Lillard and stuff I mean he had been around but like he he didn't have like the star Well, that movie put him on the map yeah yeah exactly. Uh, but, but here, yeah, you got Nev Campbell, who's already in Party of Five. Uh, you got uh, Courtney Cox, who's in Friends. You got Jerry O'Connell, who's in Sliders at the time. Jeez. And had just done Jerry Maguire. Or Fucking did Jerry Maguire the next year. Yeah, you got yeah Buffy's in this. Uh, yeah, Lori Metcalf, who had just finished Roseanne. It, yeah. Like, they brought in all these people who they knew could like turn it around quick. And then, of course, they got some people we don't know, like Timothy Oliphant. This is his first major role wow um, also rebecca gayhart this is like her first big thing portia de it's one of her first big things she was in Jeez, Allie McBeal man. at the time though which again just more tv started yeah. again more tv yeah
0: damn dude this is insane it's like really if you were anybody in the 90s you're in, you're this, in movie. this movie yeah <laughs> omar <laughs> epps jada pinkett Yum.
1: jada pinkett yeah yeah jada pinkett like uh she she was in a lot of stuff around this time. She just she had done Minus Society in '93, but then like she had uh, Demon Night, uh, which we did, uh, yeah. Nutty Professor, and she was in a different world. Like so again, TV, like and she did a lot of other TV. Same with uh, Elise Neal, who plays Hallie. Mm-hmm.
2: She was in yeah. so
1: much TV, uh, like just like Family Matters and and Sister Sister, and like basically she was in TGIF. Yeah, just <laughs> TGIF, the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, And See, of course, yeah, this these- would
0: be many years before Jada Pinkett Smith was in Wicked Wisdom, her absolute dog shit heavy metal band. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. I sent, sent you one of
0: those that songs video. earlier. That's something inside of me or whatever that name of that song oh, is. Did you it-
1: enjoy that? I did not. I did not enjoy that. It was very bad. It did it, very did bad. the intro riff remind you of an absolute dog shit <laughs> version of Future
0: Breed Machine by Mashuga? Because it does mean. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's a dog shit version, and then the vocals came in, and I was like, "No, nope, I'm done. Are you I'm saying she didn't, you, you didn't like it when the
0: verse went, Be, be, ba, do, baby be, be, like that? Yeah. You didn't like that? It was a
1: real strange rhythm. It was real <laughs> strange.
0: Did you get to the chorus where she says, something inside of me is pissed? <laughs> That's the chorus. No. Oh, it's so bad. It's oh, like, man. It's one of those things where whenever I, I heard that song and then like watched them perform that at OzFest, I got that really strange type of embarrassment, that sympathetic embarrassment where you're like, I yeah. feel my cheeks are turning red and my ears yeah. are burning hot because I'm watching you embarrass yourself.
1: Yeah, it's I get so that. so fucking bad, man. I get that really easily. That's, that's why it's hard <laughs> that's for me worst. to watch like cringe stuff. I just like, I'm like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. out. Stop. I'm out. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But yeah,
0: dude, it's it's insane. I mean, you've also got leave Schreiber and a ton of other people uh, yeah. in this movie too. Yeah,
1: yeah, he David uh, Arquette, he, David Arquette, former WCW World Champion. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, I'm not bringing that up to be a dick. He he's actually a, um, I did not know this, but he all of the money that he made uh, with WCW, he donated to the families of owen hart brian pillman and darren draws no shit yeah good dude that's awesome and he didn't want to win the championship he thought it was a bad idea and he has since become a wrestler on the indie circuit and has done some like hardcore matches and shit and people respect him now so i've seen it i've seen
0: a bunch of clips of him like in these matches that are nuts
1: it's cool yeah. it's just like he's just doing it because he loves it Yep, he just loves it. I think he he also like feels a need to like because like he he loved wrestling. He didn't want to win the championship. Like he thought it was a stupid bit, and it really like hurt the championship. But you know, I think he wants to make up for that in some way. And it's not his fault, but it, it's been through fault. But whatever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, the cast of this movie is is absolutely insane, and it's like I realize we watch it now, and we're like. Yeah, I've seen this person in so many movies. But, of course, back yeah. then it was like, I've never seen this person before. But nowadays <laughs> yeah. when you go back and watch this movie, it's almost kind of distracting because you're like, oh, yeah. man, they put Rebecca Gayhart in this. Why aren't they developing yeah. your character more? Like, I assume she's going to be a big character because it's her and she was in Urban Legend and or yep. – you know, but, but it's like the, they don't really do much with her. But it's like, well, that's because she wasn't famous back then.
1: Yeah, yeah. She Urban Legend comes after this. I yeah. mean, you know, in a lot of ways, on heels of of the success of scream. Oh, absolutely. But also, then yeah, she's in you know Jawbreaker, which great. But yeah. Oh they, yeah. Like they, th- th- this is uh, an opening for some of these people for sure, and definitely like Joshua Jackson uh it's weird to see him and to know that he doesn't even have a name in the credits he's just classmate
0: no shit really you're yeah. talking
1: about like pacey right pacey yeah it's fucking pacey man but he would then do urban legend and cruel intentions and like yeah kevin williamson put him in in uh dawson's creek like he, yeah he holy yeah, moly so we do see a few people here that just um uh luke wilson for instance Oh yeah, Luke Wilson is in there. He's referred to as a nobody, and now it looks like a joke. But it actually was—he was a nobody in this time. Like That's you wouldn't crazy. know who the hell he was. He had just done like Bottle Rocket and did Rushmore the next year. Like he wasn't a big star or anything. Right. And, uh, Heather Graham also—I mean, she'd been in a good bit of stuff, but this is the, this is pre-Austin Powers. Uh, Boogie Nights came out just a couple months before this so she probably would have she would have been a bigger star than she was when they actually shot the movie <laughs> mm-hmm, right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah no doubt man i i could have sworn that instead
0: of heather graham that was uh fuck anna what Ferris. is her name anna Ferris, yeah i could have yeah. sworn that that was her i think it was the bangs threw me off or something yeah
1: that that wig it really did do something to her face it makes her look younger and as kate was saying apparently that's a, a known beauty trick bangs make older women look younger uh, i think
0: i'm gonna try that out i'm gonna start banging this thing <laughs> but it, it's really weird because
1: heather graham is young here so she actually yeah. looks way too young
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then too like timothy oliphant in this i thought that was casper van deen <laughs> like this movie is full of people that i get no, confused that's with Timmy other elephant, people man yeah old
1: timmy elephant man yeah
0: it's it's so funny because like nowadays him and casper van dean don't look anything alike
1: no they don't but i i yeah you said that uh, when we were doing production meeting and i looked and yeah back then they did kind of look alike yeah they're just white
0: guys with brown hair and huge
1: eyes yeah i well i noticed something too that everybody's a lot more fleshy than they are now like yeah Everybody seems to have a bit more weight to them than actors are expected to now.
0: How the fuck come? I'm not, like, getting skinnier as I get older. What the fuck's happening?
1: I don't know. Uh, I mean, other than Courtney Cox, who is tiny. Yeah. Uh, everybody else seems more fleshy. Like, Jerry O'Connell. Like, he he lost all the stand-by-me weight, but, like, even in this movie, he still got kind of chubby cheeks and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs>
1: you're right. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I I... It was also Josh Jackson. That's who I'm really thinking of because now that I think about that scene, he's got really chubby cheeks. In mm, that. Got that baby fat on him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bless him.
0: Yeah, the amount of characters in this movie to me is is kind of a kind of a detriment because like yeah, what you get out of out of the first scream is like it really closely follows Nev Campbell. Right. You've got her group of friends that are kind of a satellite around here. And, and uh-huh. PS, like we did the original scream. A while
1: back, and we love it. I think it's an awesome movie. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. One of my faves.
0: Yeah, and it really focuses on her and her whole struggle and stuff. And then we have like satellite characters like Courtney Cox and all these other ones uh, that sort of float around her in the storyline. But in this movie, it's kind of like they're like, "Oh, the whole gang is back. Let's make everybody the main character."
1: Right. I think some of that. Because I, I think that maybe you and I watch Scream a little bit differently than people were watching it that were enjoying it but didn't necessarily like horror movies. I think yeah. they were thinking of it more of a, who like, it's a whodunit. Like, trying to figure out who did it. Like, if you're watching it as a horror movie fan, you're like, whoa, cool, I like how this is playing out. You're not like you may be guessing from time to time like wait was that did he do that or whatever but you're the the ultimate goal isn't find out who did it Uh uh-huh the ultimate goal is it's a horror movie like if you're a horror fan you're enjoying the movie but i think a lot of the people that watched this and got into it and why it made a lot of money was they were genuinely interested in figuring out who did it so in the second movie to have more people more uh, suspects huh? more suspects yeah it's just increasing the suspect pool uh and and we do like uh mickey timothy oliphant uh he he works and uh this is how west craven described him as an iago character uh Ooh. like iago from othello uh okay. though iago from aladdin does the same thing basically the <laughs> the whispering in the ear and convincing people to distrust each other Oh, he's green a worm tongue in that shit. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So throughout throughout the movie, like, I really paid the second time I watched it, I really just paid attention to what he is doing, and you can tell how giddy he is about the press showing up after the first murders and stuff. Oh, okay. And like, like he really plays it really well in a way that's like subtle. But if you're looking for it, it's like, oh yeah, okay. Like that's why he asked that question. That's why he's being this way. Like. That, that character is well-written, but most of the others are just there to get killed. Like, Pretty much, They don't much, have man. any depth.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And again, it's like, even like Sarah Michelle Geller and stuff, you expect her to have kind of a bigger part in the movie, but... Right. It, I mean, you know, in a way, though, she is there to get, like, probably the most bitch and kill in the whole movie.
1: Yeah, and she she is the most uh, charming bit of the early movie because, like, it, it does, it, I think it starts out a little slow. Aside from mm-hmm. the opening, the cold open is fucking amazing. Cold open's really cool. Yeah, yeah, Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett kill it. And, like, the way she plays that death is just, like, and the way that, like, because it's, like, everybody's running around in the aisles pretend, playing, kill, like, the way they're, like, she's getting killed and they're playing, like, it 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 makes a pretty interesting statement about horror movies about like the way that we view it as entertainment but if it were a reality like us seeing this thing as entertainment is a sickening thing but it's right. not like yeah, we're really just yeah. playing it out yeah
0: well, and I like too that you know, with the cold open of the movie, where we've got Jada and and Omar, and they're on a date, and they're going to watch Stab, which is the movie. Yeah, uh, that is kind of you know the retelling of the uh-huh. in this universe's real life story of the of the scream killings yeah. and stuff.
1: So the the movie within the movie, the movie, the movie within about the movie. the movie within the movie that's about the previous movie.
0: Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's kind of nuts <laughs> when you describe it that yeah. way, right there. But uh-huh. I also like too that it's so mirrored our experience of watching the first movie yes. because you know in, in this stab movie it starts off with basically the Drew Barrymore scene uh-huh. from Scream
1: yeah which is brutal
0: yeah totally and the crowd and their reactions are like no don't go in there you know he's going to yeah. get you whatever like it totally mirrored our experience of watching that movie for the first time where you're sitting yeah. there saying the same thing so it's kind of cool that the movie is like being like hey this is what you were like whenever you watched The previous movie it's like hyper meta you know
1: yeah i i enjoy i enjoy what the scream films do with the meta uh scream three is is a bad movie in general but uh it's interesting where they go with it and then scream four i think has some some very strange meta twists to it that i enjoy i'm wondering what they're gonna do with scream 5 which has been announced and the the directors of ready or not are gonna be de- directing it so oh really yeah and and uh um, nev campbell's coming back so
0: hmm. it's,
1: i'm interested to see where it goes but i i think this one though is probably this is this is at the last level of meta where it's still um still a horror movie right like, In in three and four i think like Three is more like a black comedy to me it's ridiculous like it's just silly and absurd most of the time
0: i don't really but, remember much of it like i, I think i'll yeah. need to go back and watch that one. parker again posey's soon.
1: in it being cute but like, other than that, there's not there's not a whole lot going for it but th- this one i think still has all the effect while it gets to make like statements through the meta like it's talking about the uh you know effect of violence and violent media on kids, and whether or not it it is actually, you know, uh, causing problems. And I think mm. the movie is saying at the end, no, it's not. It's, it's a, scapegoat. a scapegoat, totally, yeah. man. And, yeah. and it's funny too because this is
0: oddly prophetic. Because whenever I was watching this movie yesterday, and uh, they were, yeah, you know, they kept kind of referencing that narrative of like, oh, are, are, you know, are these movies causing yeah. violence among young people and stuff like that uh, i was like oh man this is definitely like a reflection on columbine but and it is then, not and <laughs> exactly like because i remember when columbine happened they were pre- like, oh it was all because of Marilyn manson and basketball yep. diaries and yada yada columbine would happen the year after this
1: yep four months after this yeah wow so it's it's crazy uh, i mean but that, that that conversation had been going on for a while since the 80s and then uh you know tipper gore Sure yeah, BMRC shit. Thanks a lot. Uh, liberals? <laughs> what? Yeah, right? What? When, when, why was that, a, like, something that Democrats cared about <laughs> for some reason? <laughs> for real, man. For real, like, man. you shouldn't have cuss words in your lyrics. What? <laughs> <laughs> you know that all got started because
0: of Darling Nikki by Prince.
1: Did it? Yeah, I did that's not a fact. Know that. Yeah, because Alan Tipper Gore's
0: that- daughter came back with a copy of Purple Rain Uh uh-huh and i can't remember that was just too
1: much for it
0: yeah because tipper heard these lyrics about you know well if you know the song it's pretty it's pretty racy tune yeah and she just decided she couldn't deal with that and that these poor children should be protected from these horrible awful things
1: it's just such a weird weird thing to think that that ever really was something people cared about no shit right it really shouldn't be ever again no. we, like i i i know it's always it, it's the, it's the the abortion of of politics like basically you can pick this and it upsets a whole lot of people and so you can just say like all right well this is what i care about and then those people who are upset about it are like yes that yes i want that yeah, person it's just to be an, a politician. an instant talking point it's an instant yeah. way to get people on your side that's yeah. No more potty words, and you know, a million old people are like, "Yes, these yeah. young kids today with their darn
0: language." I'll go vote for that person. That's exactly uh, what fucking happens, dude. It's so easy yep. to see, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was oddly prophetic the way this movie was uh, w- was talking about these issues because, I mean, so much of my childhood it was all like, "Oh, we can't play Mortal Kombat. We can't play Doom. Yeah. It's all these video games. Ugh. It's this music. It's these movies. And it's all bullshit, of course, but I like that this movie kind of addressed it. I think that, honestly, though, I think that it could have been a better movie if it addressed it more. Yeah, if it had been a bit clearer on it. Yeah, yeah. But back then, I don't think they knew how big of an issue this was going to become, you know?
1: No, yeah. He he was getting at something that was, like, bubbling, but hadn't hit the the boiling point yet. I'll Uh, tell you the
0: idea that I think would have been really cool is if this movie was all about what it was like during the filming of Stab
1: and let's say that there were actual murders <laughs> going on like very well, like three. new nightmare yeah. you know That's part 3 yeah. yeah yeah uh and and it does seem like it would play out well it just doesn't in that movie but that it do, that is a good idea yeah
0: or yeah. you know even if even if this movie like uh, again this is one of the things that they they couldn't have really done because they they killed Billy and whatever the other killer's name was. I right. can't remember Casey. what his name was.
1: No, not Casey. That was the girl. I don't yeah. remember.
0: Yeah, Billy and the, uh, the other killer in the other first fella. movie. Other fella he's known as. It would have been cool if this movie is sort of centered around their trial and them blaming what they did on violent yes. movies and stuff like that. Yes.
1: It, that that would have been
0: a stronger narrative to me.
1: Yeah, but uh, the assumption is they both died. Yeah. Yeah yeah it would have been nice yeah to at least have one of them survive say have matthew lillard survive and uh yeah have him be saying that stuff on the stand and it being like basically played out by this copycat killer yeah yeah
0: Yeah. or even maybe these copycat killings start happening and matthew lillard starts you know in the media playing it up even more right you know it's like yeah. oh look what's happening now now they're making a movie about it and these killings are happening again it's all the movies i'm I'm an innocent yeah. man like i think that would have been a really cool way to yeah, discuss the responsibility or lack of responsibility that movies and stuff have in inciting violence you know
1: yeah i think uh, honestly if you had given kevin williamson two more months yeah would have been able to have a, a clearer more concise story i'm just surprised how coherent it comes out considering the time crunch and and oh yeah. like how much pressure was on it too where it was like you well the first one made us 173 million dollars so let's can we get some of that magic again please? yeah can you crank
0: out another one in like a couple of months <laughs>
1: so we can start filming like
0: that's one of those things that unless you've been in that creative chair where you've had something that was a huge success and then you're trying to follow it up The pressure is is nuts. I mean, I've never made a fucking hundred and something million dollars on a movie. I can just tell you, it's like I've written songs where I'm like, man, that chorus was great. Can I write another one that's as good? (laughs) Holy shit! Like even that is hard. So you're right. The fact that it came (laughs) out as coherent and good as it did, considering the lack of time and the pressure of following up the original, pretty Mm -hmm. impressive.
1: Yeah, way better than I could have done. Way better. Way better. And if they if west craven hadn't stayed on to direct i don't know that it would have succeeded but oh, yeah. having a veteran like west craven who knows horror backwards and forwards i mean as i said like yeah and a lot of times in the script he just trusted west to figure it out because he didn't have the time to write it <laughs> like yeah do something craveny okay yeah and Wes craven's like cool i can do that not a problem uh yeah if they put this in like if they had decided to try to save some money by getting a younger less experienced director you know a lot of the things they do sometimes with sequels to just try to cash in then it it could have turned out real bad so i i think considering it turned out uh really well for the time and uh, I, I i just to me it seems like how do you even absorb what just happened like you're like oh this movie made 170 million dollars like y- you're on set like a month later you're yeah, already trying to made- do it again yeah like the movie was in theaters when they started shooting that's nuts. the second film so like you don't even, like, people are still telling, you probably still are getting calls from people back home, like, hey, I saw your movie, and you're like, yeah, I'm writing the other one now, so gotta go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. Yeah, and they also carried over a lot of the, the meta narrative from the first scream. I mean, one of the joys of, of the first screen movie is that this is a horror movie that happens in a universe where everybody where knows the rules exist. of horror movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. And this movie kind of carries it out and it's very self-aware in making it uh, very, you know, known right there on on, uh, on Front Street that this is going to follow the rules of the sequel, the supposed yeah. rules of the horror sequel. So
1: uh, bloodier, higher death count is, is one. Uh, and I think they're really getting that from Halloween 2 probably. Cause, yeah, sure. I mean, but though that is, it is true after Halloween 2, but I believe Halloween 2 is probably the prime example of that Happening and then it becoming sort of the standard for a lot because yeah you know most of the the Friday the Thirteenth Part One like how many maybe six deaths or so by the time you get to six it's like crazy he kills oh, an yeah. entire group of people playing paintball just at the opening like, yeah <laughs> there's like a death
0: yeah. every like twelve minutes or something yeah
1: yeah so it, it, yeah I think that rule is is probably true it's probably right um what was the second rule he said
0: um uh, oh gosh yeah check. never Hold assume off. the
1: killer is dead is one of them uh uh-huh. oh yeah never assume the killer is dead is the third one the third uh, one. okay and the second one is... and this is all
0: being told by again 90s icon fucking jamie kennedy <laughs>
1: jamie kennedy who looks like he's going to uh audition for the role of shaggy <laughs> yeah and scooby-doo but, that's the funny that's thing Kate and i were watching like.
0: this and she was like did he play shaggy and scooby-doo <laughs> and i was like i don't <laughs> think he did oh yeah that was matthew lillard for fucking scream the first one it's crazy <laughs> man but yeah he's there kind of like spelling out the rules for us just like he did in the first and in the first one he was kind of the lore keeper of horror and in this one he's there kind of telling us what's going to happen in the sequel what's going to ramp up and has, like you said, the kill yep. count's going to be higher and stuff. It's actually kind of a shock whenever he dies in the movie. I kind of didn't see it that is.
1: coming. Yeah, I, w- I was surprised by that, too. Uh, oh, by the way, I looked it up, and we already got all three rules. It's uh, The body count is always bigger, and the death scenes are more elaborate. More all right. Cool. Yeah. But, so, you know,
0: honestly, the death scenes in this aren't really more elaborate to me.
1: Well, okay, I mean, first off, throwing Sarah Michelle Geller three stories off of a balcony... Huge fan. Was, Love it. That is awesome. Yeah. I that's just, a Jason so, kill right there, That's man. a Jason kill, yes. Or even I could see um, uh, Michael Myers doing that. Just oh, totally. Just picking somebody up and throwing them. Well, even uh, kind of that,
0: that view where he looks out over that little balcony and she's laying on the ground uh, is
1: straight out of Halloween. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the the guy the cop who gets killed by the pipe through the head like cool but that that's a yeah it's a cool kill but it's a car accident like it's not really it's not like the killer did something specifically cool i guess you're right yeah they're not very because like one i mean jerry Jerry o'connell just gets shot in the heart which looks cool it's a real cool effect but isn't elaborate
0: (laughs) they're not very memorable like to me like you know, I can think about the original scream, and I think about Rose
1: McGowan
0: and her head in yeah. a garage
1: door that is much more elaborate,
0: yeah, drew Barrymore yep. with like her intestines hanging out out there in yep. the, out there in the yard mm-hmm. like that's got some pretty memorable and gruesome kills to me. This one is pretty much just like somebody gets slashed or shot, like it's not really that big of a deal. I don't think the kills True. in this are actually that good,
1: yeah, good point uh aside from that Sarah michelle Geller kill yeah there there's nothing outstanding about any of them so no. yeah you're you're right they're not more elaborate they don't they don't hit their own rule there i would say more blood perhaps i Maybe. don't know though like the first one is bloody as hell really bloody man yes. i don't know about that
0: <laughs> but you know even when you think about like the final scene of the movie where they're on the on the stage there you know the scene of their school play or whatever that they're putting on yeah and you've got nev campbell back there like running all the stupid old school special effects and there's like that switchboard that uh-huh emits sparks every time a switch is flicked and stuff i don't think that's yeah. up to
1: code by the way i, I don't, don't think th- so either you don't want that to be happening you I think want to have that checked that way. out
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like a huge wall of clearly obviously foam rocks falls on yeah. lord metcalf like that's well they're they're foam obviously Mm -hmm. it's not putting anybody under you know and then what what I don't get too is that Lori Metcalf is there like running around on that stage and she's like holy smokes there's sandbags falling and lights falling and foam rock (laughs) walls falling on me why don't you just get off the stage bitch come on (laughs) could you not have just left it's like all the danger is right here
1: why don't you just get off the stage yeah that does seem like the simplest solution right yeah i'm stuck here oh no come on oh man yeah i guess i could see the issue with that for sure yeah yeah so i don't uh, really think the kills
0: in this are all that good i wish that yeah. they were a little bit more memorable
1: uh i don't i think that uh billy and i think it's Stu. is that the guy billy and yeah, Stu? Stu, yeah yeah i think that billy and Stu, their motivation was clearer
0: Okay, that's what I was gonna ask you about. Yeah, even though again, I just watched this yesterday, I couldn't clearly recall why. Yeah, Timothy Oliphant was wanting to kill all these people.
1: Well, he just wanted to kill, and um, he just because. Well, yeah, he he had the desire to kill like them, but like it's not explained, and that's the thing about the first one is that they explain that, and you're like, oh, I see why they're doing this. But with him it's just like, oh, that he just wants to kill gotcha, cool. But like as they, we discussed in
0: our Scream episode, the real reason that Billy wanted to kill is because uh, it's actually a ultra meta movie where he realizes he's in a movie.
1: Yep. And he you wants to get out. Yes I do. <laughs> yes I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, I I think like, you know, the yeah, the motivation here and, and the ways that like so essentially We have, uh, Lori Metcalf, Mrs. Loomis, Billy's mom. She is paying for Timothy Oliphant, Mickey to go to school and commit murders. And his plan is that he knows he's going to get caught, but he's going to get Alan Dershowitz and johnny cochran to be his lawyers because they had just gotten oj off huh reference yeah there we go reference um and he, he was gonna have them get him out of jail by arguing that the media made him do it and so the the plan basically hinged on there needing to be a psychopath who wanted to do this and a person who had the money to fund it it's a, That's kind of a reach. little far fetched I, I think the issue here is maybe that like because they as I said there were three dummy scripts with different endings and like they didn't give anybody the ending part of the script until like right before and everything I think maybe they overplayed themselves like they out thought stuff they should have made it simpler
0: yeah and that's the thing too about like
1: trick everybody
0: about like billy's mom that i don't really understand so she's posing as this fake investigator news journalist debbie salt or whatever right Uh uh-huh but the thing is is that you know with as outrageous of a event as the billy and stew murders were you know that her name seen her yeah, and you know yeah. that Billy's mom would have been all over fucking Dateline yep. and 2020 and all these shows. They always yep. loved talking to the parents. Dude, there's, like, so many interviews with Jeffrey Dahmer's dad and shit. Yeah. Like, they love talking to the parents in these situations. And you're telling me that nobody like in this town? Like, they're going to understand something.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody in
0: this town was like, you're Billy's mom, right? Like, I know you from the news, and I know you because your son lived here and shit. Nobody noticed her?
1: Yeah, that... Yeah, it makes no sense. No. That's kind of a stretch. Yeah. Like there's one there's one yeah. point
0: in there where Courtney Cox is like, Oh, that's why I recognize you, or something like that. She just thinks she recognizes her as like a news anchor, but turns out she recognized her because she was on the news. I guess the being end. interviewed for yeah. her yeah, her murderous son. That's kind of a stretch. And also too the fact that okay. Most of the time, I'm not gonna say all the time, but most of the time, whenever one of these people turns out to be a, a, a serial killer, or whatever. And they talk to the parents. The parents are very like remorseful, um, maybe right. shocked or ashamed or whatever. Right. But her reaction is like, yeah, my son killed people. Now I'm going to murder you. Right. I don't think that's <laughs> yeah, how yeah. that works. Her motivation isn't
1: clear. Like how, how is she this person? Cause like, the idea behind the two killers in the first one was that they they were just normal, like, middle-class white guys. Yeah. Like, it, it, the idea was that, you know, to to show this just sort of, like, callousness that can exist among these teenage boys. Now we're at a point where like what what are we even doing like well the motivations in the original lot of the first movie
0: yeah well like the motivations for the killing in the original were essentially the same as like hitchcock's rope where you had these upper middle class kids that were just like let's just do it and see if we can get away with it right but then towards the end you also find out that it's because nev campbell's mom fucked billy's dad and like broke their family up
1: right so there there is at least some Tangible reason it's happening. It's not just a uh, like, like, cause yeah, like cause with do this, it because we can, yeah. The reason, the reason of of getting revenge for her murderous son just doesn't make any sense. Yeah,
0: and, and she's <laughs> like, at no point in the movie is she's like, my son was framed. This is all circumstantial yeah. evidence, and you, you know, you took him away from me. He was my boy, and I know he was innocent. There's none of that. It's just like. You killed him, so I'm gonna kill you because. Right. It's like that's kind of that's kind of not I don't know, that's not good storytelling to me, you know?
1: Yeah, and she she's not like the character's not played as particularly like un, unbalanced or unstable or anything. She seems to She seems to seriously go from I'm a reporter to not really, I'm Billy's mom, now I have a gun. Yeah, like, totally. It's there's no I don't know. There's no indication up to the point that she is anything other than what she said she was. So like,
0: it's honestly know, not it, too
1: far off from what we were going to see
0: in the next year in, uh, in, in urban legend with, uh, Oh, right. Yeah. Fucking yeah. What's her name? Where it's like, Oh, I'm the killer because I am the killer. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Rebecca exactly. Gayheart. Yeah. Rebecca Gayheart. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like, well, nobody could have guessed that. So like, this isn't really like a who done it, more of a, like, you can't figure this out, stupid. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, of course I can. <laughs> to me, the real, like,
0: highlight and, like, climax of the movie where it got really intense and interesting to me is whenever we have Leif Schreiber's character, Cotton. Uh-huh. Cotton in, Weary. Cotton Weary. And we've got that kind of, like, hostage situation going on where... You know we have Lori Metcalf who's holding Nev Campbell, Gunderhead yeah. or whatever, and then Cotton's got a gun, and it's like, which of you do you kill? Do you kill the person who ruined your life, Nev Campbell, or do you or kill the Laurie person Metcalf. who's going to kill her? Like to me, that yeah. was like that was a pretty good intense situation. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I th- and I th- without that, the ending would have been pretty shit to me.
1: Oh yeah, wouldn't. Have... <laughs> yeah, it really wouldn't have mattered much at all. Like Timothy Oliphant gets uh killed so quick and like offhand that yeah, there's just no impact and a lot of that until that bit that adds the tension it it sort of sets up a lot more than anything else in the end at all, so yeah you're you're right without that, it would have felt flat for sure,
0: yeah, I, yeah, I think so. I just I wish the motivations for the killing would have been better, but apparently, and again, who knows what the original script really was. But apparently in the original script, Jerry O'Connell and Hallie were supposed to be the killers, right?
1: Yeah. And that would have been interesting. Like they, they got into her life and got closest to her because they're these like murder junkies or whatever. That would have been interesting. I I think so. See why? Like, even if it, if that, if that leaked and you changed it because it leaked, that makes no sense. Like who gives a shit? If Mm -hmm. people know who the killers are, like, there's, there's still going to, if you make the movie, if it makes the story better, who cares? Yeah. If, yeah, if the movie then plays out in a way where people can follow and actually maybe even guess who the killer is, they're going to enjoy it more. Well, that also means that it makes sense. this movie, so I guess, honestly, like, I don't know, like, it, it did extremely well, so. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man. Now you were saying earlier, you had something to say
0: about Jerry O'Connell, in this movie (laughs) jerry Jerry o'connor connell i'm jerry
1: o'connell okay yeah jerry o'connell so all right two things about jerry o'connell one uh one of his claims to fame is he was in the second best episode of mtv's cribs
0: oh shit did Uh, he show off his scarface poster
1: (laughs) nope uh so the best episode of mtv's cribs is red man's episode of mtv's cribs is that uh, so? Apparently, yeah. Apparently, most of the show, like times they like showed somebody's house, it was just a rented house that they had rented for cribs. No um, shit. Yep, <laughs> that's why there was never anything in the fridge or anything except for alcohol. They would just bring like a case of champagne and put it in the fridge. Uh, Word. I mean, yep. honestly though, if I was a celebrity, I wouldn't want anybody
0: fucking know what my house looked like.
1: Yeah. So red man. I actually brought him into his house on Long Island and it was just like a bachelor house and dirty and his cousin was passed out <laughs> on the floor. Like, oh, shit. He there was like piss in the toilet and shit. Like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it was so so awesome. And so I I I am pretty sure that Jerry O'Connell's episode is he and his brother, who is also an actor uh who lived together in this just like condo. It was I mean it was nice. It was in LA, but it was was just two dudes apartment. It wasn't amazing. Uh but his brother the entire time was wearing a Chris Redman shirt. Uh Chris Redman was a a, a player for the Baltimore Ravens. But he's got on okay. a red man shirt. And uh Redman uh he was pointing out the movies he had and he pointed out joe's apartment which stars jerry o'connell oh a couple guys a little nod to each other i think maybe they had talked about this anyway that's awesome his number two claim to fame though is that he has maybe he won maybe the favorite award i've ever read about he won a Kids' Choice Award in the category of Favorite Fart in a Movie for Kangaroo <laughs> Jack. And I. Those were, hope, those were
0: simpler times. My God, I miss yeah, those days.
1: I hope that, w- like, it was J- like Dame Judy Dench presenting the award. I oh, hope, yeah. I hope she was like, now the award for Favorite Fart in a Old Movie. Old Jame Duty. <laughs> Jame Duty
0: jame duty hey real quick this side uh, note you mind if i take yeah. the version here real quick let's do it you know i'm a big fan of the name game as i've mentioned i just did one with jame duty dame okay. duty jame Duty. you revert mm-hmm. you spoonerize it right
1: yep Spoonered up
0: my good friend mark lewis pointed out one the other day that has been hiding in plain sight Larkmost. all the while you remember the classic famous basketball player scotty pippen i do Potty skipping, potty skipping. Hey man, you gonna hit the bathroom before the game? Nah, nah man. man. I'm potty, I'm potty skipping. skipping. <laughs> it just reminded me of that because I've been laughing about that literally
1: all week. It's been killing me. That is genius. That's wonderful.
0: So Jerry O'Connell rules, is what you're saying?
1: Yeah, I'm saying. Uh, I mean, like you know it's it's 1990s bro uh stuff like him him and his bro hanging out in cribs but i thought it was i thought it was a cool thing that they they were like nodding to red man and i also just showing their actual house and not giving people the exaggerated idea that everybody who works in the entertainment industry lives in a gigantic mansion because it's not cool. true it's mostly not true
0: oh yeah yeah totally yeah. so man
1: that's cool man
0: um, I like the mom twist. It's very it's very Jason. You know, it's very uh, Friday the 13th, which I kind of referenced earlier in the movie. They're like, oh, you know, you never saw it coming when it was Mrs. Voorhees. It's kind of funny yeah. that they laid that groundwork so early in the movie, and then it turns out you're like, oh, shit, that's Billy's mom. It's a pretty cool twist yeah. in that way.
1: Yeah, that is true. I didn't think about that. It does have that going for it. That's cool. It's also got itself
0: a classic 90s soundtrack oh my god
1: like (laughs) like i i do think the scream franchise is the worst thing to happen to horror in the 90s even though it is one of the best things to come out of the 90s Uh uh-huh because it, it for some reason in scream movies you can just play whatever popular song following whatever death it's just like okay well that person died uh everclear boom (laughs) <laughs> uh, here's some Foo Fighters go like, how about a
0: Dave Matthews
1: band yeah like none of the songs don't fit the mood they actually undercut the tension it's like just loud and stupid and bright like I just don't get I mean Scream does it so perfectly that I'm not complaining about Scream but everybody that tried to mimic Scream to try to cash in on the success they just made this like just rep Rinse and repeat bullshit that had these totally. terrible soundtracks and just terrible characters, unlikable entirely. Anyway, uh, but did, yeah, don't you love it terrible. though?
0: That I mean, while you were leaving the movie in the theater in 1997, it's like, hey, <laughs> while you're getting your popcorn in your purse, how about some Collective Soul? Am I right? <laughs>
1: yeah, it does get better when masterpiece scream. I hear him coming. Comes on. <laughs>
2: It was made Um, for Yeah,
1: Yeah, I remember laughing my ass off when that song came on in the credits. It it was just like, what is this? (laughs) Master P, why did you do this to us?
0: Now, Steve, you had something that you were going to tell me about here that relates to something we saw very early in the flick where they're on the
1: marquee, I think. Uh It
0: it lets us know the date of the events of this, which is April
1: 12th. 1997 1997. and ben what i want you to know is that our our couple i don't remember what do they even say their names but uh omar epps and jada pinkett our couple died before seeing the yada yada episode of seinfeld
0: oh my god
1: but that is tragic we can all sleep a little bit sounder knowing that they did get to see the episode where george sleeps under his desk
0: okay all right well all right i'll give them that i'll give them that (laughs) their lives were not led in vain
1: i was looking at tv schedules for around the time because i was just trying to get an idea of like what was what was i watching around that time and just looking at the seinfeld episodes i was like this is what i was watching around that time yeah because i remember these episodes just so clearly like just dying laughing at the absurdity of george's little like ha- he builds that little like nap room under his desk it's so perfect it's, <laughs> it's so, so awesome. good man yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah there's a lot of stuff about this that like i said that soundtrack is just so fucking 90s the orchestral soundtrack is cool apparently a lot of it's from i guess leftovers from broken arrow apparently yeah, but it, yeah it has they, that hitchcocky feel that the orchestral score of the first one had so i'll take for it for sure
1: yeah, the, the stuff from Broken Arrow, they had put in for a test screening before the music was done, uh, oh. but people reacted well to the scene, and so they just decided to keep the default that they used. Yeah, but we do have some Danny Elfman and stuff. Oh, yeah, there's old Danny Elfman in there, too, yeah. right? That's pretty cool. Yeah, there's like little things in there from,
0: you know, you know, just all kinds of tiny nods to other significant uh, people in the film industry during that time period. Like the fact that stab is apparently
1: directed by Robert Rodriguez. It is. Yeah. The, the the, m- the scenes that you see that are stab were directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's awesome. Um, it is absolutely awesome that they got, he, he was probably, uh, under contract for dimension at the time because he did, uh, do the faculty for them mm-hmm. in 1998. So, I assumed he was just around the office and they were like, hey, you want to be a part of Scream? And of course he would, because he's awesome. So yeah, that, that, that they went that far to make the movie within the movie, not only did they get like some good young actors to to play the roles, and also they uh, call back to Scream 1 where uh, Sidney Prescott uh, jokes that Tori Spelling would probably pay her, play yeah. her in the movie <laughs> adaptation, and they have Tori Spelling playing her. Awesome yeah it's it's great like i i really love how they did that ben i wanted to talk to you a little bit about something else that's going on in 1997. okay and that is the clothing and the hair oh they're really good is what you're gonna mention right everybody looks Um,
0: super fucking cool
1: okay so courtney cox looks like the manager that all karen's fear (laughs)
0: my <laughs> like final boss manager. If, if
1: karen asked to talk to the manager and and here comes gail looking like that with a red you would hear in karen's all gasp <laughs> they would just be like oh, the surface was fine everything was good i'll be going um, now the clothes jerry o'connell is wearing i i'm pretty sure they want you to call home when you get where you're going just to make sure you got there safe like he <laughs> Like, he's very dad in this. Extremely dad. Yeah, like, he's got some grass-stained New Balances for sure.
0: But I'm not going (laughs) to
1: hear a bad word about his braided leather belt. Oh, my God. I won't hear a bad word about it, because honestly, in 1997, I think I was wearing that belt. Probably. I think we all were. I think it was the only option at the time.
0: (laughs) And you'd get it too long. That way, you had basically, like, a leather dick dangling in front of
1: your actual dick. Yeah, yeah looking so cool and khakis real cool. with that good god the 90s what were we doing why were <laughs> we doing it and when will it ever go away
0: <laughs> yeah honestly this movie was just kind of like right there when it felt like the 90s were kind of wearing at its
1: welcome a little bit yeah yeah we were all just tired of it <laughs> but we just kept doing it because we were like i'm we just, waiting
0: for the next thing to start here i don't know what else, something to do else something's
1: gotta happen i don't know
0: jinkos is that it (laughs) jinkos yeah maybe that's the next thing i don't know it's an okay movie to me man it's like it really felt kind of long i mean the fact that it is a two hour long movie right um i i think that it could have been shorter i think that there's kind of a lot of stuff in here that could have used some Mm. trimming up
1: yeah and and i I think i think uh the going the two hour runtime was about expectations for blockbusters it's just if you're uh, the big money maker the expectation is you're at least two hours long Mm -hmm. i mean you know you could probably with go through the entire mcu and turn most of those movies into like an hour 45 instead of over two hours yeah but people kind of want to get their money's worth and it really i do think it really in this movie comes down to that it comes down to them padding it out a bit to like that's why there's so many characters like just to pad it out of it to get to two hours to make people feel like they're getting their money worth
0: right yeah you might not be wrong
1: there but i think like when you're watching it at home on your tv sitting on your couch you're like yeah it's a bit boring yeah let's
0: get let's get on with it here you know yeah i I definitely felt like it was a bit long i felt like it's just because we were trying to keep up with so many characters like it reminds me of whenever you have a really big party where all of your friends come but then at the end of the night, you got to spend, like, five minutes with each of them versus a right. the little party that you have with, like, you know, six to ten people where you're like... But
1: you all got yeah. to talk the whole time, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's like, I got to have good, long chats with everybody and catch up with everyone, whereas, you know, if you have everybody over, you're just seeing everybody for just a second.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I I mean, I it's it really does have to come down to just, like, I mean, <laughs> you you got to look at the the model now like the consumption model what people are writing for the way you're structuring your narrative is people are watching it at home they can pause if they want to get up and get something to eat or or go pee or whatever so uh the idea of a movie being a bit shorter works fine at the theater they always like they got smart enough by the 90s that they were planning in potty breaks like they're so, you can kind of leave at a ton of parts in the middle of this movie and come back, and you've that's not true. really missed anything.
0: Yeah, true. I mean, it's like, there's that whole thing about like Jerry O'Connell giving um, Nev Campbell his class letters. Yeah. And well, that yeah, just comes back so that way he can get kidnapped by his frat mates. Like, that's yeah, not that's really
1: it. a good setup and payoff. No. But, I mean, if if it's just that type of thing where like it's a popcorn movie it's a movie you you want to go see in a group full of in a in a dark room full of strangers and all like yell and scream at the screen and like i think that's really what they're going for here and there there's some bits of i think when we look back at a lot of these movies some bits that i oftentimes forget about how differently we were consuming movies back then that's true, because even like during yeah. that intro with the
0: the fake out theater scene and stuff, like there's that part where Jada gets up and yeah. goes to the bathroom, and then she talks with Omar out in the hall for a while. Yeah, and I'm I'm sitting there going like, who would You're go to a see movie. a movie? Yeah, <laughs> and hang out in the hallway this much? And I'm like, oh, people that are watching this movie in 1997.
1: Yeah, so yeah, that they they know their audience. It's really smart. Like the idea being like. You're still showing entertaining stuff for the people that aren't going to the bathroom, but you're kind of like, you're kind of running in place a little bit to give everybody time to catch up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it doesn't make for a better movie at all. And especially now the way we consume, especially movies. now. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it, it's so much a product of its time for sure. Again, 1997.
0: I think so, man. Yeah, probably if I would have seen this in theaters in 97 instead of Titanic, maybe yeah. I would have enjoyed it more. Um, probably. I'll tell you, like when it comes to kind of like final thoughts and ratings about this movie, to me, this is, this is the most telling thing I can say. I was watching this movie yesterday, and the whole time I was going, I don't remember who the killer is here,
1: right? Yeah, I didn't either. I did not. Yeah,
0: And it occurred to me later that this is probably actually the fourth time that I've seen this movie.
1: Yeah. And I don't remember who the killer is. Yeah, I've seen it a ton. Yeah, so it, it obviously isn't effective. It's just not
0: that memorable, apparently. Yeah. And also, there's not enough breadcrumbs, uh, breadcrumbs through the whole movie to... Yeah, to get it. Yeah, To get it, yeah. For you to pick up on anything and be like, oh yeah, it's Timothy Olyphant.
1: Yeah, as I said, watching watching again specifically paying attention to him, you can pick up on some real subtle things he's doing, but that's it. Like yeah. and it it is not an indication that he is the killer. It's only an indication that have knowing he is the killer, you can see what he's doing.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. So, so to me the fact that I've seen this movie as many times as I have and didn't remember the twist yeah, probably means it's not that <laughs> yeah, memorable a, of a movie. Yep,
1: <laughs> you know <laughs> that's true.
0: So I don't know. Like I'll give it nostalgia points. I'll give it points for being made in the time frame that it was. That's kind of insane, honestly. Yeah, and I mean it's not like anybody in here is a, a horrible actor or actress. No, I, mean, I think
1: everybody does a good job. Yeah,
0: I kind of critiqued Matthew Lillard in the first one there for being just so fucking over the top, over the top all yeah. the time.
1: Yeah. And this this one, (laughs) nobody's really that over the top, but maybe that
0: also makes it less memorable
1: in a way. It does, yeah, because nobody stands out. I wish
0: that they would have like committed to making a central character here, even if this was going to be more of a Courtney Cox movie or more of a David Arquette movie, where they just focus on that character, and now Nev Campbell's kind of a side character giving guidance on the
1: situation
0: or just going through her, you Mm -hmm. know. PTSD you, about what happened in the first movie or whatever. I think that would have been better.
1: Let me tell you, no one puts Nev in a corner. Okay.
0: Nobody puts Nev in a
1: corner. All right. Nobody.
0: I, I think it could have been better if it had a little bit more time to marinate. I think as it is, it feels like a kind of convoluted, way too many characters, not enough memorable mm-hmm. setup kind of movie that does kind of fall into that sophomore slump for me like i i won't rush to watch this one anytime again i love the first scream i'll watch that again tonight yeah uh, th- this one i think for me as far as like a number if i'm gonna slap on it i'm gonna say five and a half is that low fair. do you think
1: no i think that's fair yeah uh yeah i so for me the the reason why I've come up with all these different ways of trying to explain why this movie succeeded is because it not only made a lot of money, but it also got critical praise and is considered by some to be superior to the first film.
0: No fucking way.
1: And I just don't see that. Yeah, Scorsese apparently it. loved it, and it's like you yeah, gotta yeah be and they fucking hated horror films. Yeah, they hated
0: the first one.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I don't see the justification for that. So, like, I, I really racked my brain trying to come to an understanding of why that is, and I think I do understand it better. It has a lot more to do with the theater going ex- experience in the '90s and the way people were consuming their media and stuff, and the just the fun of the follow up, like just how fun it was that horror movie sequels were back. That was that was cool. 'Cause like yeah. we missed them. Horror movie fans liked them. We didn't think sequels sucked. We loved yeah. Dream Warriors. We loved Nightmare on Elm. Our, uh Friday the thirteenth, part four, part six. Like Totally. So, well
0: that that's the thing to us too, is like, you know, to us being born in eighty one and eighty four, yeah. We didn't get to go see all the Halloween no. sequels yeah. and Friday Thirteenth We only sequels saw them the on theaters.
1: video. Yeah. Which is How we how we see them consuming them in the first movie, right? And uh, in this one too, we see Nosferatu's on like they, you know it. It's just it's emphasized less in this. I think the first one is clearer on its message, and where what it's really getting at. This one is a little more muddied, and yeah, it doesn't it it doesn't leave an impression. Unfortunately, yeah, that's just the. The issue with it, though, I mean, it watching it does just immediately bring me back to 1997, which oh, totally. is fine. I mean, not like I, I've ever pined for the the late 90s, but it it is interesting. It does really capture uh, that period, that moment in history really well for a movie that uh, is, is really just. In a lot of ways, a cash grab from a, a really great first film. So uh, I don't know. I think you're right. I think five and a half, five and a half to six, maybe. Yeah. I I love their performances, and I I, I love to see, you know, uh, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller and and uh, all these other people, Portia de Rossi, and, and yeah, everybody nobody sucks. Just, nobody yeah.
0: sucks in the movie.
1: I love just. Yeah, just seeing all these people from the 90s and going like, "Oh man, you got such a career ahead of you. That's really cool." Uh, so yeah, it it still has a good nostalgia factor, but uh doesn't hold up as as to the the feeling it had in 1997.
0: Yeah, totally. And that's the burden that it has too of, you know, yeah. like the the first scream was so gigantic and it was yeah. so um I think it was so memorable for a lot of us because it was like Who's the killer? It's this huge twist. And then going into this one, they know it's like, okay, well, we have to either completely subvert that and make it not a twist or try to follow it up with a twistier twist. Which also, like, again, as part of that meta narrative, you watching the sequel to Scream, you know there's going to be a twist. So it's kind of less surprising that it's a twist.
1: Right, yeah, it it almost would have been a better twist to not make it such a twist. To make it more followable, to make it something that people are, like, they're second-guessing themselves because they know the nature of the first film. Because they know the nature.
0: That's a perfect way to put it, yeah.
1: Yeah, so then when you get to the end, it's meta because it recognizes that you know. Your expectation, right. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, that would b- have been a better way to go. But again, rushed. I understand all that. Kevin Williamson, he genuinely did uh, a lot of great stuff for horror, even though, as I said, Scream franchise kind of ruined horror in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's a pretty fair assessment. I look forward to hearing what you guys
0: listening think about it. Let us know over on the on the Facebook page. Join up. Join the discussion. Have yourself... Yeah. A good old time. Hang out on those uh, Friday night streaming chats on Discord. Oh, man, they're super
1: fun. And don't forget to support us over on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dead and lovely. Uh Also, Twitter and Instagram at deadlovelypod. We are on them social medias.
0: That's right. That's right. And if you don't even have a dollar but want to help support the show, go on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, or oh, yeah. whatever the fuck it's called now. Podcast, and. Uh, yeah. Write us a review, rate the show, a five-star rating, leave us a nice little G-rated review, or else they won't post it. And yeah. at the end of your review, post a little uh, little question that you want to ask the boys that we're going DuBois. to answer on a future FAQ segment of Preview Palace.
1: Yeah, I really like doing the FAQ segments. At a table. Mostly fun. because then we don't have to rack our brain trying to figure out what we're going to do yeah. for the preview palace. <laughs> yeah.
0: What is some thread that we can tug on that was maybe yeah. a minor point of this movie
1: what, to make a preview what palace? What have we on? not already done? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is so the Buzz FAQs feet, are really fun. Is BuzzFeed on our side today? <laughs> or
0: not, right? <laughs> Yeah, so go on iTunes. I, bah, fucking, I keep saying iTunes. Apple Podcast, rate and review. You know what to do. Hell yeah. Well, you guys be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be talking about Gretel. Gretel. And, and Hansel. or Hansel. Hansel. Which is a crazy weird movie. I'm so excited to hear what you think about this flick,
1: Steve, Yeah, I'm excited to watch it.
0: It's nutty, man. It's fucking Sweet. strange. I look forward to watching it again already. So you guys be sure to tune in next week where we'll be breaking that thing down, talking about it real deep like... And we'll see you guys then. In the meantime, you all have been fantastic. We've been dead and lovely. Say good night, Steve. Good night, Steve. Good night, Steve. Bye. Bye. So the other day on Spotify, right, I started playing me some Inya. Inya. Mm-hmm. So that was my Inya smooth, impression. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. She's got that smooth, angelic voice. So many soft new age hits she had back in the day. Mm -hmm. And it really got me thinking about how much she missed out on capitalizing on that awesome name of hers. Right. Because as far as I know, she never put out a best of album called All Up In Ya. No, she did not, but she should have. I think it's just an easy choice, and it got me thinking of, like, other ones she could have done. Like, maybe she does a little bit heavier, like, more, more aggressive album called In Your Guts. <laughs> or, yep. or maybe even, like, a more, like, groove-intensive album called In Your Back Pocket.
1: In Your Back Pocket. Yeah. You right. Know? Okay. In Your Pants. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay, so that's like a sexy album. Maybe she does something like a oh, smooth, yeah. like, uh, Barry White type of thing, but with her voice. Yeah, I think it could work. I think <laughs> she really missed out personally. It's yeah, not too definitely. late though. She's
0: she's still making tracks. So that's y- true, Inya. And you know, I know she's you're listening. listening. Yeah. I know she is. Yeah.
1: So, you know, just take these ideas, run with them. I mean, it does seem like Inya would be played on Delilah, mm, right? Mm hmm so and we do have that feud with delilah
0: Ooh, yeah well Ooh. if we can get Inya on our side that gains us some more leverage
1: yeah take that, that bitch delilah, delilah.
0: <laughs> all up in your guts
1: oh wait i totally missed another one here in What's your the? face oh wow <laughs> that's like uh that's like her spice girls type album yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's got her <laughs> like throwing a peace sign with a fish eye lens on the on the In cover. In face! It's very 1996. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs>